So tonight we discuss the appearance of Jadiv Goswami. There's some dispute or lack of evidence that causes some difference of opinion as to the birthplace of Jadiv Goswami. But many of the great Vaishnav poets came from Radha Desh, the place also of in that district where Nityananda Prabhu appeared, Krishna Kaviraj Goswami, maybe Vidyapati Chandidas, and some say that also Jadiv Goswami came from this area, Bengal, Radha Desh. Of course, Gaudi Vaishnavism has in its lineage many great poets. It's said that some 54, I believe, of the Nityasiddha associates of Mahaprabhu were poets known for their being literateurs, men of the arts and drama, poetry, all these things. Of course, they were first and foremost devotees of the Lord, but they were familiar with all of these arts and as we've discussed many times, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings, as expressed by Srila Rupa Goswami, were couched in poetic language. He used the structure of poetry to express the essence of Vedanta, Indian aesthetics. So, Jaidev was one of the great poets, in one sense, in the lineage of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, although he doesn't come in the Guru Parampara. We accept him in our Sampradaya, one of our Shiksha Gurus, <laughs> Shiksha Guru Parampara. Other people may also, other religious sects, may try to identify as well with Jadiv Goswami. In fact, his most famous poem, Gita Govind, is widespread throughout India at this time, north, south, east, and west. It is sung, danced, depicted annually, year after year. In the springtime, Gita Govinda is a spring lila of Radha and Krishna's Rasa dance. We have Rasa dance in Srimad Bhagavatam in the autumn, and Gita Govinda is in the springtime, Basant. It has special characteristic that in that particular Rasa dance, only the eternal Nitisiddha gopis were present, whereas it is said that in the Autumn Rasleel of the Bhagavatam, then new recruits were also allowed to approach. So because of that, some devotees consider that the full expression of Krishna's love for Radha, which is what in one sense Rasleel is about, was not able to was not given the fullest expression. Whereas in the Vasant Rasleel in springtime that Jaidev envisioned, experienced in his heart and wrote about, it facilitated greater the expression of Krishna's love for Radha. And this, of course, is the high point in Jadiv's Gita Govinda, where he finds such a high place for Srimati Radhika, that Krishna is asking her to put her foot on his head. 
he himself, Jadu Goswami, could not even imagine that such a thing was coming to his mind, appearing in his heart as he wrote Gita Govinda. So it was a very, very high book, Gita Govinda. It was written most likely in Jagannath Puri, Jadu Goswami, coming from Bengal. He was a wandering kind of bard, minstrel, and different groups, offshoots of the orthodoxy of Chaitanya Vaishnavism, also tried to identify with him, Sahaja groups, bowels, owls. It's a little harder for them to identify with Jayadeva Goswami than it is to identify with Chandidas. Chandidas, another great Vaishnav poet. These two, Vidyapati as well, they preceded Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They said that the seed of the type of love that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give sprouted in Madhavendra Puri. So we speak about this in terms of a sampradaya, and thus it's being accessible. What is the value of something very wonderful that's not accessible to all of us? So the value will be increased by its accessibility. So the wonder of Krishna's love for Radha, which is the zenith of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, that idea, that conception appeared in a sampradaya, in a seed form in Madhavendrapuri, and sprouted and fully flowered and gave fruits to the world in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his followers. But Jadim Goswami, we find in his poetry this ideal in particular, and similar high things in the poetry of Vidyapati and Chandidas. But they were as I say, not in any particular sampradaya, but they are with our sampradaya, nonetheless. <laughs> and we have identified with them through Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. As I say, Jayadev Goswami was a little harder for some of the unorthodox so-called followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to identify with, whereas Chandidas was easier. Chandidas is said to have kept the company of a lady out of wedlock, whereas Jayadev Goswami's position was very different. He was a renunciate, it is said that he, like we hear of the Gosamis and Chaitanya Tirtamrita, lived under a different tree every night. The idea is in order to keep his vow of renunciation, because if you keep on the move, then you can't become attached to any particular set of circumstances, whether they be surroundings, how you will get your meals, what roof you will have over your head, or who will be your friends. Friend of everyone and friend of no one. When you become friend of no one, you can become friend of everyone. When you have no particular partisan bias based on bodily conception of life, then you can be friend of everyone. So Jadi was like this, but when he came to Puri, that holy town, seaside town of Jagannath Puri, one devotee of Jagannath was told, elderly gentleman, by the deity, that your daughter should marry Jaidev. So Jaidev was told this, and he had no reason not to believe that this was the order of Jagannath, so he acquiesced. He said, I will marry on the order of Jagannath. He married Padmavati. Padmavati was a dancer, actually, in the temple of Jagannath, Devadasi, they're called. And it's not clear from the story whether it was her father or some type of patron in the temple who was taking the place of like a father because these Devadasis were, as I understand it, more or less turned over to the temple. They became the property of the deity. 
and they would dance for Jagannath. So, at any rate, a marriage was arranged by Jagannath's will, and Jadiv Goswami agreed, but on one condition, that he would not have any physical sexual interaction with his wife. So he remained in a very renounced position, and she joined him in that. And his approach to the marriage is very extraordinary and very instructive for us in this world. There's a story that I'm reminded of in thinking of it in relation to Gorgeshwardas Babaji Maharaj. There are some antidotes written about Gorgeshwardas Babaji Maharaj by Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur or his disciples compiled such under his direction. And one of them relates how a householder man and wife came to see Gokishodas Babaji Maharaj and with a very much of a manly ego this gentleman approached Babaji Maharaj and asked how he should conduct his household life as a Gaudiya Vaishnav detecting his ego of manliness and being the overlord of his wife Gorgeshwara's Babaji Maharaj instructed him in a very striking way. He said, oh, you're married. Very nice. You are very fortunate that now you have the company of a beautiful young lady and you should see her, that she was sent to you by Krishna directly. And you should worship her feet and wait on her hand and foot as if she is one of Krishna's gopis. This way he began to instruct in such a way as to uh, strike the heart of this man who had just got his psychology (laughs) together with the feeling of confidence in himself now that he had a young lady who would do his laundry, (laughs) do his cooking and so forth. So, of course, there's a place for that kind of psychology in household life, but only as much as it gets transformed into the ego of being the servant of everyone, and including one's own wife, seeing everyone, everything. Bhaktivinoda Thakur saw like this. He saw his family members as sent by Krishna, and he related with them in that way. So we have to make this kind of a transformation from enjoying ego to serving ego. Jadiv Goswami did this. He worshipped his wife, Padmavati. He wrote one, Verse something like Padmavati Charna Chakravati. He considered himself to be the servant of his wife Padmavati. So this is a nice example. It is said that generally in the Vedic system it's considered that the husband is the worshipful deity of the wife. I remember when we went to a wedding in Radhagukulananda temple. We did a wedding according to Gopal Bhattu Goswami Satkar Dipika right before the deities of Radha and Krishna. And part of the ceremony, at a certain point, the wife was to bend down and touch the feet of the husband. So, with the ideal marriage, Lakshmi Narayan, Lakshmi is the devout dasi of Narayana. But I have seen so many times this idea abused, and therefore I have advised repeatedly that whoever is the most Krishna-conscious in any particular relationship, that person is the worshipful deity. If it is the wife, husband should worship the wife. If it is the husband, wife should worship the husband or take shiksha teachings 
This is the principles taught actually by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There's a wonderful story in this connection. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's two devotees, Raghunandan and Mukunda. Mukunda was the father and Raghunandan was the son. And both of them were great devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And in the house of Mukunda, his wife and son, worshipped the deity very nicely, very devoutly. And one day, Mukunda and his wife had to go out and the charge of the Seva Puja was given to Raghunandan. So he was instructed how to perform the worship, offer the bhoga, and so forth. And when Raghunandan offered the bhoga before the deity, he left the room appropriately. He returned to take the plate, and he saw that everything that he had offered was still there. So he thought, oh, my father will be so displeased with me. I've made an offering to Takraji, but my offering is so meager in terms of devotion that he's not eaten anything. This is the first time he made the offering. So, with such devotion, he came to tears, and Takuji came down and ate. And then he was very happy. Oh, my father would be pleased. He brought off the remnants. Mother returned home first and said, What's happened here? So Takuji had a very nice meal. Look how much he's eaten. She said, what was father going to say when he returns? What will your father say? You've eaten this, and you want to tell us that Takuji has eaten? He insisted, no, no, I've, I've not eaten anything. I'm waiting for father to come back, and he will take the remnants, and I will take the remnants. So she said, well, we'll see when he returns. When he returned, then mother told him the story. Then he chastised Raghunandan. Finally, when Raghunandan would not admit that he had eaten anything, Mukunda said, all right then. Offer again, and if Takuji eats what you offer, then I will accept. So again the offering was made, and Mukunda was peeking through the curtain. Takuji would not take anything while he was watching. And then when he closed the curtain, Takuji ate. He opened again, he saw it, and Raghunanda went in and pulled out the plate. And he realized, oh, I have... Great devotee as a son. So later on, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, meeting them on one occasion, he asked Mukunda and Raghunandan, which of you is the father and which of you is the son? And Mukunda readily replied, I am the son and Raghunandan is the father. Mahaprabhu was very pleased. So the point is, whoever has more Krishna consciousness, more love for Krishna, that person is the worshipable Vaishnav. He, she is our superior. We should try to see like this, understand the dynamic principle, as we've seen many times, especially in the marital affairs, this whole thing turned into a kind of a slavery rather than a Krishna conscious affair. So the, actually the duty for both, whether it be the sannyasi or the householder, is the same. As I've said many times, we like that part, but the second half, always chant, Harinam, come to this nishta, fixed up position, that part we want to neglect. We can do that as a householder. We must do that, Bhaktivinoda Thakur said. Always chant the holy name. Make this the center of the marital relationship, the family life. If both wife and husband love Krishna, 
more than one another, then there'll never be any problems in the family. Let them agree on this. Krishna is more worshipable than you or I. So, Jayadev Goswami, he had this extraordinary type of relationship with his wife. He would write, and he wrote a Gita Govinda, and she would, as he was writing it and describing it to her, she would dance it and depict it. This went on in Puri, and so famous this Jaidev became through his song, Gita Govinda, that as I said, it has spread from Puri through all of India, and now, hundreds and hundreds of years later, it was probably written in about the 12th century. And by the time Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was about to come to Puri, Prataprudra Maharaj had inscribed at the Jaivijai gate of the Jagannath Temple in Orion, the local language, a mandate, an edict, that in this temple, the dancers of the elder brother and the younger brother, meant Balaram and Krishna, they had their respective dancers, will only dance to the tune of Gita Govinda, and all the singers and reciters will only sing Gita Govinda, no other song, from after the evening offering until time for taking rest. So by the time Chaitanya Mahaprabhu arrived in Puri, this was going on. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself, it is said repeatedly in Chaitanya Charitamrita, especially in Antilila, where it took place, that he would hear regularly the song Gita Govinda in the company of Rai Ramananda and Swarup Damodar. Gita Govinda, Jagannath Palabhunataka, a poem, song, drama of Rai Ramananda, songs of Vidyapati, Chandidas. Sometimes we hear, or we should not hear, about the intimate pastimes of Radha and Krishna. But uh, this does not really mean Bhagavatam. We should read Srimad Bhagavatam. It is said by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it was taught to Sanatana Goswami, five things, amongst 64 Angas of Bhakti, five things, very powerful and important. Sarusanga Nam Kirtan, Bhagavat Shravan. Sarusanga, association with devotees, Nam Kirtan, and hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. And Mathura Vas, living in a holy place like Mathura. And Srimurti, worshipping the deity. These five things. Any one of them, he said, is complete in itself. Powerful. But about hearing Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, this instruction was given again to all of us by Rupa Goswami. And in explaining each of these items, Rupa Goswami and Jiva Goswami, principal commentator on Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, about Srimad Bhagavatam, said this means the tenth canto of Bhagavatam. Now, Prabhupada used to caution us, read the first nine cantos first. This is a basic instruction that means understand the tattva about Krishna, and then you will have some hope for accessing the bhav. But it doesn't mean we should close the tenth canto, never read it until we're pure. After all, Prabhupada, the same person who said that, same Acharya, gave the Krishna book first. When one of my godbrothers asked him about that apparently contradictory statement and action, don't read the tenth canto first and hear the Krishna book first. Prabhupada personally told me, well, I was with him with some other devotees who were well-known for distributing books, and one of the devotees asked, what book should we give out? Which should be the primary books? One of them amongst them, Krishna book. That was the first book I read <laughs> of Prabhupada's books. Actually, the first one was 
maybe topmost yoga. Actually, I think I was reading the Krishna book when I found that topmost yoga as well. Actually, I used to read Krishna book and I gave classes from Krishna book before I joined Prabhupada's mission. I set up a place and I didn't know how to join a mission or where to, but I had the Krishna book and I was so enlivened by that that I would read the story and then I would explain it. This was before I I really had the association of the devotees. So I highly recommend it, Krishna book, and Prabhupada did as well. My Gabbard, who asked about the apparent contradiction in Prabhupada saying one thing and then doing another thing by publishing that book and distributing it widely, Prabhupada said something like, his idea was to give people a taste, a little taste for what's to come, <laughs> so that they'd be inspired to go through everything else, and <laughs> all the practices and all the other texts and so forth. I remember there was a publication called the Krishna Consciousness Handbook, the original one, and when I first got a hold of it, got a chance to read it, I cried. I thought, how will I be able to do all of this? The way it was written at the time, it appeared to me that you had to be quite learned and scholarly, and I was a dropout from school, and I had no education, and I wasn't good in school either. I think I wasn't very motivated. <laughs> but um, when I got hold of the Krishna book, I thought, no, this is easy. Krishna consciousness made easy. Hear about Krishna, <laughs> become attracted. So... We shouldn't shy away from the 10th canto. Prabhupada himself commented on 10th canto up until 13th chapter in Brahma Lila, He left the world. And Krishna book is there, his summary study. So you don't have to hide away from these things. But the books of Chandidas, Jaidev, Vidyapati, this is really what is meant by don't read these kind of books. These books, they don't have any philosophy, any tattva intertwined with them little bit in Gita Govinda, what do we find in the beginning? Jaya Jagadisha Hari Kurma Sharira Mina Sharira Shukara Rupa Buddha Sharira all this Tasavatar Keshavadrita Narahari Rupa Jaya Jagadisha Hari What is he saying? This Keshav Krishna appears as Buddha as Ram as Prigupati Vamana Nasinga and so forth that he's so wonderful. This is his Aishwarya, this Keshav, who he's going to write about, this Krishna, this Jaidev. Jaidev is the name for Krishna. Jaidev. <laughs> that he's going to write about. He has this power. All these avatars who do wonderful things like Braha lifting the earth with his tusk, Nishringa killing the terrifying Hiranyakashipu, and Ram defeating Ravana, all these wonderful pastimes, superhuman pastimes. This Krishna, who's conquered by the love of Radha, that is a partial manifestation of him. So a little bit. If you know some tattva, you might draw that from that song, that this is what is being said. And that he's introducing the idea that knowing truth about Krishna, what is the tattva of Krishna, and then you'll be able to appreciate what's going on in this book. A springtime love dance of a young boy with many beautiful young girls, the wives of others, unwed ladies, which is, of course, immoral and irreligious. This is what we find in Gita Govinda. So these books, and Chandidas, Vidyapati, all these type of beautiful, beautiful love poems, you can read them, you might not even know it was about 
Radha and Krishna, some of them. So this will not be good introductory literature for someone interested in treading the path of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. They should hear Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, Krishna book, these kind of books. And Mahabhu himself set this down. This is not some conservatism of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, as some people like to depict it. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in the company of Roy Ramananda, not everyone, in the company of Sarup Dhamadra Goswami, when he was experiencing the sputi visions of Krishna, ecstatic madness, they would chant these songs to him. Not with everybody. He didn't go and sing Gita Govinda in a kirtan, in Antilila, in the final pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is how he would keep himself. So very, very high books, and the high point of the Gita Govinda, as I mentioned, comes to this, Radha leaves the Rasa dance. This springtime Basant Rasalila is discussed a little bit in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Radhika leaves the Rasa dance, even though Krishna was giving her special attention, standing with her alone, and then splitting himself in his other manifestations between two gopis. Radha had him alone. Still, she was not satisfied (laughs) with the attention, lack of attention that she was getting left. Krishna left with her in his heart and searched for her in the bushes. Couldn't find her. He hid in the bushes, depressed. And this is thousands of unlimited Lakshmis, other gopis, ready to wait on him hand and foot. But he could not be satisfied because Radha was a little disappointed with him. (laughs) With his very high idea. We can talk about it and smile, but Jaidev Goswami could not fathom it, and he wrote the book. He could not fathom what came in his heart. What came in his heart? Krishna, when he finally met up with Radhika, in order to pacify her and to demonstrate to her that you are everything to me. Without you, nothing has any meaning in life. No matter how many other gopis there could be, it could not satisfy me. Only you. Please understand, and to convince you of my sincerity in this, I ask you, please, take your foot and put it on my head. This is God of gods, Keshavadrita, Narahari Rupa, Jaya Jagadisha Hari, Jaya Jagadisha Hari, Jaya Jagadish, Jagannath, Lord of the Universe, the God of everyone, is asking this. He subordinates himself, he serves all of his devotees out of love. But will he beg them to please put their foot on his head and acknowledge, you have all my regard? This is the Gaudiya Vaishnavism. This is the Parashakti, Parashaktas we are, worshippers of the Supreme Shakti. And when this was coming in his heart, he could not believe it. We should take note of this, because we hear it and we find it cute and charming and endearing. But the person who realized this in trance, in his writing, found it unbelievable. So what did he do? When it came in his heart to write this line, he thought, I must be going crazy. 
that I could write such a thing, that the Supreme God, the most worshipable of all, is subordinating himself in this way. So he left the house to think about it. This is the famous story. And his wife was cooking, and while he left, Krishna came in the form of Jayadev, ate something that had been cooked from Padmavati, asked for the book that he'd been working on, she handed it to him, he wrote it in. Padapalavam Udaram. And when in his room, disappeared, Jayadev came in, wife is eating, he said, how come you're eating? Before I came back. Oh, what are you talking about? You came back, I gave you the book. You wrote in the book. Here, look and see. She showed him the book, he saw the line, Dehi Padapalavam Udaram. Then he could understand. Krishna has come. He's eaten. You got darshan of him. Again, he worshipped his wife. You're higher than me. You got the darshan. I did not get it. He ate this. I want some. <laughs> he began to take the prasad. But Krishna confirmed. It's true what you're thinking. This is the truth about me. It doesn't get any higher than this. Through Radhika alone, all my desires can be fulfilled. Therefore, we shall worship Radha. This is the Vrindavan Lila, Jai Radhe, Jai Radhe, and Jai Jagadisha Hari. <laughs> where is that story written now? Isn't that in the Bhagavatam where Krishna has a headache and he asks for the fruit that his devotees, Narada, From the oral tradition, as far as I know, it's not in Bhagavatam. So Radha Dish means Bengal or is part of Bengal? It's a part of Bengal. I think it's in Birbhum district. Ek Chakra is there in Radhadesh. Mahaprabhu wandered in Radhadesh after taking sannyas. And then came to the house of Advaita. Many Vaishnava poets came from their famous ones, Krishna, Kaviraj Goswami. Some say Jaidev also. All right, we'll stop there. Jaidev Goswami Prabhu Ki Jai.